right, kids. You know what time it is. It's 5.12 in the morning. And it's time for the Stream of Random podcast. The most abandoned podcast. Well, I guess we have really alienated everybody. I have alienated everybody. Not we. The real we. We, the podcast. Which is dwindling in its size. To what reaches its core of, I guess, just me. But I'm going to continue. And I have something to tell you. So I found the term that... I found the term... That, um... Ooh, my hands are cold. I might actually have to get some gloves. found the term that describes what I'm doing. It's called recreational mathematics. It's uh, games and interesting series, interesting facts about math. And, um, I had stumbled onto this internet database of numeric sequences before, but today I really took interest in it because I noticed they have Haskell programs and different programs for each of the uh, sequences. And they also have a movie which graphs them all. And they have all the different frames. They have a thousand frames. And, um... I realized that there's something amazingly beautiful in some of these number sequences. They really move me. They have some really interesting tree-like patterns and geometric shapes in there that I was very fascinated by. And um, I'm going to study them deeper. I feel like I'm on the edge of a a deep cliff. (laughs) Let me get back to the gloves. On the edge of of madness, let's say. Protect your fingers. 
especially when carrying a metal coffee cup. That's a necessity. So I was so moved by these sequences that I had to come and tell you whoever you are I had to record this I had this whole eureka moment so I was playing with my prime number generator prime factor generator and I couldn't get it to produce the number 33 so I was just playing with the different parameters and I'm trying to get it to quickly I'm trying to work on the algorithm to quickly cover all the numbers under 100 using the fundamental algorithm, but without going crazy in um, calculation. Because if you feed it a deep enough recursion, the thing's just going to go nuts and take forever. which has happened to me on multiple occasions. I have to stop the program. And I'm just playing with these parameters to try and get it to go to 33. Adjusting things randomly, I guess. And I look up, well, what are the factors of 33? And, well, the Wikipedia page on 33 is this huge page. And it's talking about all the different properties of the number. And we're saying in amateur math, mathematics, I'm like, well, what the hell is, and what, what is recreational mathematics? Not amateur, recreational mathematics. So like number file and three blue, one brown, like those are recreational mathematics. And then I was looking into astrology this morning um, I found a new how did I get into that I don't know somehow um, I read that the sun the moon was in Pisces today and how the moon travels around the planet and every day it'll be in a different zodiac sign and the zodiac signs span the uh, whoa it's cold the zodiac signs span the earth And the sun travels through them. Anyway. <coughs> I'm not making any sense, am I? No sense.
This guy's making zero sense. He's just babbling. We're just following a random number. Okay, well, let's start with this. I found an app that will guess the next random number from a pseudo, a pseudo random number generator. Because random numbers ain't random. And if you know the seed, you'll know where the next sequence is. So that was neat. on F-Droid. So there's something that's not random, but it's about random. I also um, am up to a new set of podcasts. I've gotten to letter N with New Books Network. And New Books Network is the ultimate source of random knowledge. It's a great data... uh, a data source. I was just listening to another random podcast. And I did enjoy covering some of these books and analyzing them. I was listening to one last night I fell asleep on the ontology of teaching. Let's get to the important stuff here. What am I trying to say? What's the message? Let me get this hoodie up. Oh my God, I'm getting cold. I should actually go back and put on another jacket. But I'll survive today. We're gonna go back and put on another jacket because, damn, it's cold. I walked the whole winter, missing a few days. On average, I'm doing 500,000 steps a month, which is over 200 miles a month. 200 miles a month. I was reading, just Googling 500,000 steps a month, and I was reading about people who have become fit just doing that. They they write, my zero-cost fitness program, 500,000 steps a month. That's all you need to do to stay fit.
right. I had a good cup chat with my old friend, Mr. Von Von H. About old times. Yeah, we're definitely gonna go put another hoodie on. It doesn't matter if I walk back and forth. It's not gonna kill me. To retrace my steps, I could just walk in a circle. It'd be boring. But these number sequences are amazing. So that's the message. And I'm and he has a thousand frames. And um Basically, what I'm thinking is, can we analyze these frames using another program and determine how interesting they are and sort them by interestingness? Can we train a neural network, a machine learning algorithm on these frames to come up with its own number sequences? That might be interesting. Like if I give it all these number sequences, could it come up with its own? <clears throat> and this is also getting into the question of dimensionality. This is the big question that I've been having. I'm going to try and frame the question so someone might understand it. Maybe I could actually use this podcast instead of just talking random shit. Maybe someone would listen to it. Would listen to it. And I'm thinking maybe we could cover different um, sequences in different episodes and talk about them and study them deeply. Just think if you were blind and interested in math and you had to stumble, you stumbled on this podcast and someone's talking about these topics that make sense to you, maybe. Is that even reasonable? solar panel is right in front of my house they have a solar panel on this tree and some box I never noticed that before I never actually noticed the light before never noticed a lot of things Jacket. 
this cold out there. How's this for random? Random. Is this enough randomness for you? You want a stream of random, right? No, well, actually, you don't want a stream of random. Most people don't want it. Most people don't want it. But it's okay. We're gonna do this walk anyway. And we're gonna have this talk. We, me, and you, whoever you are. At least I'll have a recording of it. And uh, maybe someone will appreciate it. So thank you for listening. Thank you for not hanging up on me. Thank you for being you. Okay, so let's get back to the topic. So I've had this um, inspiration, and I saw it the other day as well, when I was listing out these numbers, and they were getting bigger, um, and they were flashing by on the screen, a page of numbers with a certain size will have gaps at a certain angle on the screen. And that angle is a line. So you'll see a rotation, an angular rotation, as the numbers get larger. The line will rotate in a circle and then come back. So it's a spinning. spinning line. I guess that is related to pi somehow. So that's observation number one. Let's just stick to observations. Observation number two. If you look at the sieve of Erathenes for finding primes, you'll also see these lines, yet they won't overlap. 
That's the interesting part. Now, this is where it gets difficult. With a sieve of Rathenes, you pick a width of the screen to fold at, and then the angles will depend on that. So this gets into the problem that the certain numbers will appear, the angles will be different depending on the width of the screen or the fold that you make. If you choose a fold at 10 or 100, it will um, be different. Now I guess you could just fold at 10 because you've got base 10. That would be the most logical. Whatever base you're counting in, you could fold at that. But you could choose a higher fold. So that's what I've been contemplating. I guess it'll just be a a parameter that we pick. It'll be just some parameter that we pick. Now I'm nice and toasty. You can have the right amount of jackets on. Today is three jacket weather, plus a shirt, so four layer level weather. I'd rather be a little toasty and you can open up your jacket than freeze your butt off. So I guess I'm making up a, I'm making it more complicated than I thought it could be. And um, I guess in recreational mathematics, it's really the question, are you finding something beautiful and interesting that captures your imagination? So I was thinking that these, um, it'd be great if I had a Haskell library of all of the sequences, we could generate them as needed.
look at the connection. between the formula and the graph. And maybe we could study these formulas and find patterns in the formulas as well. Maybe the programs are actually only using a subset of the language. <clears throat> we could classify them as what language features they use. See what's reachable using simpler subsets that we can build up on. running. I would suppose keys in the ignition. Car is unattended. Violation of state law. night I'm not actually losing weight but I feel good I feel like I've got a lot of muscle so um Yeah, now I can really reflect. Patrick Winston said, if you have a name, this is the Rumpelstiltskin concept. Once you can name something, you can work on it mathematically. If you can name name an idea or name something you can have power over it recreational math so we're going to just have to we have astronomy astrology and recreational math and then we have Pythagoreans and the worship of numbers. We have numerology. We have the Kabbalah, the endless source of numbers. 
also we have religious math. going from beliefs, unfounded beliefs, and religious beliefs, to scientific thinking. So, a gullible to skeptical. How's that? We have a, a range. And I have a plan for today. I'm going to walk to Washington's Crossing. I haven't been there in a while. The sun is about to come up. There's no snow on the ground. I doubt else. It's not pitch black. I know how I found that the um, moon was in Pisces because one of the random moon facts um, podcasts that I listened to. So listening to random podcasts gave me a random thought that sent me on a random tangent and landed me in astrology. And then this is triangle of incidents that shows you if two planets are next to each other, if they're opposite, or if they're squared, meaning 90 degrees from each other in the sky. And um, I'm looking at this, I'm like, who cares about Neptune? You can't even see Neptune. Like, let's just remove that from the chart. We should also just limit the stuff to what we can see. That would be useful. And I like these, uh, I like these, um, like these apps that uh, have augmented reality and you can look at the stars imagine if you had that for astrology you could see these lines and adjacents and the zodiacs I bet that you're, there is one I just hate these stupid ads so that's how I found it so I've been scanning through these other new podcasts And I'm making good progress. I'm just removing, once I download the 100 new podcasts, first I search for Jesus. And if Jesus is mentioned in like 90% of the posts, I end up removing it. 
Because someone else is going to have to do an index of all the Jesus podcasts, really. That's going to be its own... Its own thing. Someone who actually understands that. And I'm sure there's different types of Jesus podcasts. And the rabbis, the Jewish people have a lot of podcasts. I found some... Arabic ones, some Islamic ones, but um, there's some really weird stuff out there. So we're going to have the skeptic versus belief scale, we're going to have the random versus ordered scale. Like, how random is it? How ordered is it? Is it following a plan? Is it an understandable plan? Do you have a quality procedure? Or not? And really, the quality thing is like, do you have a plan and are you following that plan? And can you show that that plan makes sense? Is it grounded in science? That's like good manufacturing practices. Okay, so let's go on to the next random topic. I'm thinking about work, oh my God. I can't stop thinking about work. I did a presentation yesterday and someone started to record the presentation. I said, please do not record the presentation. I said, I already spend 90% of my time working for this company. And if you want me make a fool out of myself, just give me a call and I'll do it anytime you want. But I don't need a permanent record of that for someone to use against me. So please delete it. It's like in Albania, the companies are installing cameras at the people's houses to observe them, not at the computer or around their room, like 180 degree cameras on their walls. It's like, that's where this is going. It's like, why do you need to record my presentation? It's not even a good presentation. 
like, if you want a good presentation, go to someone else. If you want a good podcast, go listen to someone else. This is my podcast. You know? And I said, um, I can't explain all this stuff. All I can do is give you a starting point for learning it and try to motivate you to learn it on your own. down this main street and there's not so many cars. Because it's so early and it's a Saturday. So that's that's good. I can take a more direct route. <clears throat> well I can imagine what it's gonna be like on the river at this windy and cold. Imagine how cold it is at the river with the wind blowing across the water. So there's a certain I was watching this number file guy and he's sitting there calculating this stuff on paper and I'm zoning out. I find it hard. I guess I've just been trained in school to zone out whenever the teacher's calculating something. <clears throat> Not really follow it in my head. that's the difference between a good student and a bad student. High fidelity, low fidelity. It's like... What is your capacity to extract information from the outside world and carry it to the inside world without loss? How true are you to the outside?
Yeah, I was trying to give my friend some tips on living in a third world country. And I said to him, you should travel light and not stand out. Even though he's blonde and six foot tall, so he's going to stand out, but... tied my new boots are starting to uh, get broken in I guess now I'm one of those guys people see in the morning and they're like, man, these guys are dedicated. Can't believe I can't do that. Get out of my comfort zone. Well, let me tell you, it's an actual progression. Like getting out of your comfort zone, it's like going into a different orbit. Like you're stuck in an orbit, like in electrons. And you're circling around, doing the same thing every day, circling around, circling around, that's your orbit. And then something, I guess, kicks you out of that orbit. then your habits will kick back and it's the willpower that also needs to be trained that will uh, tip the scale but I think that self-criticism is another way to tip the scale And we're going to have to exercise some more self-criticism here for this podcast so that we can improve and tip the scale away from zero because we're sliding towards zero. We've been in a free fall. Losing listeners. Bleeding interest. And I understand that. I'm also bleeding interest. It's like, what the hell are we talking about? Some shit that nobody cares about. Some stupid fucking numbers. Who cares about the prime numbers? They're not changing. I can't follow that. Why is it interesting? Who cares if you're studying math? Who cares about you, Mike? Why should we care about you? 
and what you're doing. The lady said, Cooper, said, uh, yeah, they had Hall and Oates on their show yesterday, or the Oats of Hall and Oates. I mean, they know how to interview people. They're like radio professionals. And she's like, people want to get something out of your show. They go there for a reason. But you gotta give them something. So what are we giving you here, kids? What are you getting from this besides hearing my voice? And hearing about me? What's the topic? Well, what is the topic? First of all, the topic is springtime, new moon, new year. Uh, random stuff around me. I guess we could peg that at egocentric. It's all about me. Oh, I mean, it's springtime for everyone on this side of the planet. It's also biased. We're northern biased. English biased. German biased. My German's still pretty damn good. At least for listening. I should practice speaking more. Or writing. I bet it's horrible for writing. You know, I should just learn German again. Like, writing it. Like, from the beginning. I really want to just learn Latin grammar, really. That's what I want to do. I want to learn Latin and learn ancient Greek, the grammar of the teachers of old, and then realize that everybody else has learned their Latin and Greek, and it's the basis for all languages. It's like the fundamental factors, the prime factors, the structures of thought. Study the classics. I guess if I studied the classics, I would be a better speaker and I would be more focused because, well, I guess we're focused on ourselves. What else do we know about ourselves? Let's start with that. And it may sound stupid. And I know that everything that we can think of has already been thought before. That's the heart most, that's I guess why we do random. 
it's like kind of giving up. It's like everything you can think of has already been thought. All the prime numbers that you can imagine have already been calculated. That's fine, but has anyone calculated the difference between all these different sequences mathematically from a visual perspective? Using machine learning, apply deep learning to number sequences graphically? Hmm? Is that the that seems like a really interesting problem. Seems like, I mean, I was blown away. I was really triggered when I looked at some of these sequences. They had a reaction. So, I think that certain visual patterns will also cause um, certain visual patterns will also cause reactions. Um, Some kind of trigger, some kind of um, imprint or reaction to an imprint or some kind of deeper, let's call it DMT, psychedelic uh, kick. Like I said, I was standing on the edge of... Uh, Insanity, or, or I don't think insanity is the right word. Standing between rationality and irrationality. How's that sound? Between skepticism and belief. Like right on the edge there. This is kind of like Dedekind, the German, trying to box everything in and be skeptical about all these numbers and analytical and failing miserably. Supposedly, I need to research into that more. We have so many topics we need to look into. And um, I'm building these models in my head and learning them and sharing them in the hopes that you're going to join me on this journey, this path. And you might not be prepared to go on this path with me. Maybe I'm excluding everyone. Maybe it's a path that's only meant for me. It's my thing. Do what you want to do. It's your thing. Do what you want to do. My friend A H two A V H was saying, Oh I don't just take a shit and post it on the internet. And 
call it art. But I'm sure if uh, Britney Spears did that, it would be art. Especially if she spray painted it gold. And, um, well, we have some self-criticism here. We're thinking about things, some form of self-reflection. Self-awareness. Which we try and practice. I try and practice. We. People will be like, who's we? Who are we? What are you talking about, we? We, the cult of random. That's who we. The cult of one. You are the pope of your religion. I mean, Discordian. Seems pretty stupid, though. The cult of one. It's like, you got Godfidence, don't you, son? You got Godfidence. So this is what I'm saying, the edge of irrationality versus rationality. But I see it. I see it right in front of me. The rational, the skeptical versus the gullible. It's like, do you believe or not? Does it have meaning or not? Now, the funny thing is, is that these astrology signs and the planets, they have meaning to us no matter what. And that gets into the whole Jungian thing. Like the planets have meaning somehow to our society. You study ancient Greek or ancient Latin, they had meaning to them. Sumerians, Babylonians, everyone. I'm on the canal now. You hear those birds? It's really beautiful here. Spring is a coming. I miss hearing from our friend. <clears throat> I walk through the mind. I gotta talk to him one day. Mr. Walk Through the Mind. He even listened to my show once in a while, sent me some feedback. I haven't heard from him in a long time. I think when we get through this, I was watching this nature show, my son found it, and it showed that these, now his name is Ghent, and there's a flower called the Gentian. And the Gentian in Europe, special form of the Gentian has these purple caterpillars, and they fall to the ground, and they pretend to be ant larvae, and the ants feed them. And then they pretend to be the queen and the ants feed them as royalty. And they grow to these humongous worms and then they convert them into moths. They go into their pupa 
metamorphosis and they convert into a moth. And I guess they lay their eggs on these gentians. And I think their color is similar to that of the flower. But it's a crazy symbiosis between the ants and these uh, worms and the flowers. Another marvel of nature. And I'm starting to think we can express these things as factors with numbers. I'm starting to see numbers everywhere, but that's just like this gut feeling. The gullible. Like I can believe that. My intuition. I'm working on some, I guess, what it is, is, I guess, applying some kind of gut feeling or intuition or occult thinking, religious thinking, to things like a numeric mysticism, computer mysticism. I guess that's kind of what's happening here. But you could call it creativity. Eros, Eros said, uncut, because everyone makes mistakes. And the creativity is his burden. <clears throat> so we're just gonna let it go. We're gonna let it flow. We're gonna let it go, let it flow, see where it goes see what happens, randomly generate things, why not? I could be quiet. Try and quiet the mind. So excited about this walk though. I'm gonna finally make it to Washington Crossing. I didn't bring a wallet or a mask or anything. I'm strapped to the phone. Guess we're gonna go to Yardley. Yardley. Washington Crossing, Pennsylvania. So I was thinking about the market and how I think the housing market's in a bubble and it's gonna tank. So my idea is sell my house and rent an apartment. And when the housing price tanks, um, buy again. Imagine I sell my house to an investor. Who will hold a bet 
And the bet is, will the housing price go up or down? Because I have the feeling that we're in a bubble again. I really do. And if that bubble pops, the housing price will go down and the stock prices will go down. And then everyone's going to be suffering. So sell your house, buy Bitcoin, and live in a tent. That's the message. <laughs> now that is just a random thought, okay? Don't do it. But just think about that idea for a minute. That's the essence of a swap. It's like... A swap is when you borrow something in the hopes that it's going to go down. Like, I'm going to rent a house in the hopes that the housing price is going to go down. That's a swap. That's the essence of a swap. So we're talking about finance now. Random thoughts. Hey, geeses. Canadian geese. Are you angry with me? Those are young ones. Yeah, David Attenborough. He's still making movies. My son was really fascinated. Well, kids, you know what? This is this podcast, this episode, it's just raw material, okay? We're gonna have to cut it one day. One day when I'm old and I can't walk no more, we're gonna cut some of these episodes. So you could just wait. It's like unfinished. It's an unfinished business. It's just a snapshot. Looking at the motor running. And I was saying to my dad, he's like, so you're gonna put a test, a quiz in your show, make sure people are listening? <laughs> okay, so let's run down everything you should know if you ever listen to this podcast. Okay, so what is a meme? What is a gene? According to Dawkins, what's a meme? What's a gene? Let's start with that. So according to Dawkins, a gene is a eternal entity that has dominated this planet and it mutates and copies itself to different forms and changes over time creates branches of tribes that are in opposition and competition two sides of the same coin
wolf and the deer are both just living organisms that evolved from the same parents in opposition, chasing after different optimizations, chasing after resources. And the meme is the eternal being that lives in the space of logos or logic or the mind that is mutating and changing as well. Now that's much harder to think about. Think about all the music notes and all the songs, all the bird songs. And how they evolve. And they're not, and they're not just evolving based upon how the, the shape of the bird's head and its beak and its tongue, its physical phenotype, the bird song is evolving based on its behavior, where it lives, who's it talking to, what are the bird songs it hears, and they mutate. And successful bird songs are passed down in groups on islands. And behavior will evolve based on migration patterns. Trends. What programming language is in today? And I'm thinking about this whole multiplier and multiplying factors, mix-ins. And um, I'm thinking how we can define operations of multiplying two different things together, mixing in two different things in programming. And applying this to that, if we can apply some kind of mathematical distribution operation on that. We're going to have to continue learning some more math. And then we're going to apply that to some of our older problems that we've talked about on the last year's show. Look at this deer walking the same path as we have before. Straight line along the canal. Oh, now they see me. That's gotta be the baby. 
and the mama. And this mama's just plodding along. She's like a big old deer. The mother unit, the baby unit, and they don't care at all. They're like, oh yeah. I gotta get a picture of this for you guys. right up to me here all right looks like I missed I lost a whole bunch of recording I must have hit the wrong button well let me just give you a little recap of what I was talking about okay so I was saying that in the world of memes of logos um, symbolic information. I was giving examples of information being passed down over the ages that is not genetic. That's like local knowledge from the elephants, for example, that can live in the desert. And then I was saying how if they would had circus elephants who could form an elephant ladder, they could reach new areas of the trees, and that would be a meme a behavior. I could copy itself and then I went into this internet sequence the database of number sequences and I was working out a whole way of categorizing them um, if they are constantly going up or constantly going down the speed at which they're going up or down if they are functional like only one um, only one um, dot per X in the Y or two or three so we can classify them like that we can look for sine waves or other functions that can help describe them and then I was thinking we could use some kind of machine learning to learn we could train 1,000 models on 1,000 sequences, and then we could try and compare these models with each other. And then we could create a model of the code or memory of the program or of the language. And there's a correlation between the language description in Haskell of the code and the sequence itself. and it's all connected so that's what I was thinking about and how um, we could bootstrap mathematics step by step we're using more and more complicated systems 
like the um prime numbers are also just a sequence of some kind. But it's a special sequence, alright. And also we could wrap all of those things about doing spirals and wraps of numbers around a circle. We could apply those to other sequences as well. Or reducing them to a constant. Could also be done. Like what if we, we created a constant number by adding up the entire sequence to infinity. Where does it converge? Is it a solid number or is there, are there gaps? And if there's multiple crossings, then it would be two numbers added together, like wrapped over itself. How many times does it wrap over? So we could do all types of classifications on these numbers, these number sequences. And this is just the beginning. And to attack them from different angles. This is even before we look at their definition. Okay, that's it, I'm out of coffee. Yeah. I don't know how much I lost, but I was also taking pictures of these deer and they um, are super stupid. There was three baby deer, that, or teenage deer, that seemed to have lost their mama, and they're just standing there stupid looking at me. I'm not afraid of people at all. They don't know where to go. Came right up to me. I got some really close shots. Critical thinking, hypercritical thinking. My wife said, you need to find the balance between criticism, agreeing and disagreeing, being agreeable and being disagreeable. What's the balance there? She said, if someone told you, for some reason it's okay to be critical of everything. Instead of ever going along. So I guess we're going to create an FDA-registered warehousing facility or something. Um, random.
random thoughts. Well, we're not going to get into that today. That's a whole other story. I'm going to stick to the simple stuff. Given X, find Y. What's the next number in the sequence? And we should actually look at what other people have done for that as well. Oscillators and generators and sine waves, prime numbers. And what's the, okay, so now we're getting into the big question. Considering the universal principle of arithmetic, what is the algorithm for efficiently generating all the numbers in order using that prime number theory, right? So, and then that gets into the question, what are the fact, prime factors of each number? And then how do we generate each number using those prime factors? And pick the path through the prime numbers so that we don't get them out of order. So what's the most efficient path through the prime numbers and the factors, the exponents of prime numbers to generate all the numbers or a different sequence of numbers? And what sequence of numbers can we generate using that? All of them, I guess. So what sequence, so here's the question kids, what sequences can we generate just using prime numbers and exponents being multiplied together in a certain order and picking a path through that tree of numbers to either generate the sequence 1 to n equals y equals x or x squared or any other sequence. Okay, so that's a question for to think about. Let's see who's beeping at me. Someone's beeping at me. Someone sent me a message. Are you walking? Yes, I'm walking. Okay, I gotta call mom. Alright, now we're in the planetary hour of the moon. It's 7.30. We're just going on here, on. On, on, on. Yeah, so really, um, the question would become... 
question will become what the um, if you just squish the uh, y-axis together right is it full if you add all the pixels of the y-axis together is it just a black line or are there dots that's kind of like the um, That's one analysis, and then you could say, well, if I take half of the screen, if I split it horizontally, and then take the left half of the screen and the right half of the screen, does that become black or not? Right, because it could go up and down. And then, we could subdivide that into smaller and smaller pieces. So one sample, two, four, etc. And those could give some characteristics as well. Okay, we're reaching Washington Crossing. And we're gonna keep on going to, well not Titusville, because Titusville is after. No, Titusville is after Washington Crossing, I think. We're gonna keep on going. See how far we can get. Venturing to new realms. So yeah, I think we have actually gotten enough crappy material for this podcast. We don't have to keep on talking for five hours straight. Um, I'm going to take a break and uh, do something else. And I'll come back if I have anything inspiring, because I was really inspired by this internet number database that really motivated me. And, um, <clears throat> I will, uh, I guess we could apply some algorithm. Is this visually similar to another vision, like the visual similarity? the difference in pixels between two pictures. And we could just sort them by that. But doing a thousand times a thousand similarities, it's a lot. Each picture has so many pixels, so if we could reduce them first into attributes that we could sort by, that would be easier. Like, what if we just split them into scan lines? Um, what if we scan diagonally across the middle, from the bottom left to the top right? Um, 
and scanned up from there and then down from there. What we did scan one to the bottom, one to the top, one to the bottom, one to the top. And we just put those in a string and sorted by that. That would give us some ordering as well. Like all the ones that are straight up the middle axis would come first. So if we just pick pixels, like if we just pick one pixel in the very center of the screen and say, okay, that's... If we just picked random pixels and sorted by those key pixels, that could give the whole diagram some ordering. But if they're shifted, it won't. We still have to adjust and normalize first. And there's some algorithms for normalizing. Like we want to center it. So first we're going to do some orientation and centering of these diagrams. And shift, what was it, prime component analysis? Apply some different mathematical methods and see what they look like. There you go. We will study this phenomenon. Phenomena. Okay, kids, time for a break. I'm, I'm done. I'll see you in a bit. All right, kids. <clears throat> so, um... Just grab some Dunkin' Donuts, and I did the most disgusting thing ever, and I want to confess. I'm walking down the road, and I see a mask, a used, dirty mask lying in the on the ground. And I pick it up, and I dust it off, and I use it to go inside the Dunkin' Donuts. That has got to be the most disgusting thing that I've ever done in my whole life. And I wanted to share that on the Stream of Random podcast, where we confess to our sins. All right. <clears throat> we will talk to you in the next segment. So I think we're going to start a new podcast called The Stream of Order. And it will only follow a certain order and have a certain structure to it. And I'm going to think out that whole order and we're going to follow it. Some kind of scheme but I think we're gonna start a new podcast kids and we'll use that we'll start clipping together pieces from this podcast from the stream of random podcast but we'll call it the stream of order the stream of ordered numbers or the ordered stream the ordered chaos. How about the chaos that we ordered? How's that? The random that we ordered. The random chaos that we ordered. That's a pretty good name. But I think we need a separate podcast to actually differentiate between this and that. 
And then sit down and just actually clip things together and produce something amazing. Because we have some pretty amazing stuff in here. It's just very random. But before we start that, we're going to do some other things, like the other things we started. And this is just enough work for me right now. It's just enough. It's just enough. I don't want to take on any more projects. soon. So I'm reading up on these um, hours of the planet and it makes no sense at all. They're saying that just like the days of the weeks are related to a planet and the order is just on the order that they appear in the sky from slowest to fastest or fastest to slowest. Um, so closest to farthest away. But the point is that the actual hour has nothing to do with the planet itself. It's just, just like the day of the week has nothing to do with the planet. Um, it's just an arbitrary number scheme. So we will cease to talk about this topic in the future because it's falling into the realm of mumbo jumbo. Jumbo Mumbo, which I guess is a very racist idea. Mumbo Jumbo. Alright. See you in the next segment. So, I've made some discoveries on listening to these different podcasts. And I have an open mind. I found one, I think, was Pittsburgh. And it basically contained Catholic Mass and Sports. Those are the two topics that it covered in alteration. And I'm just thinking sports and religion. Religion and sports. What else do you need in your life? Maybe weather. <clears throat> so, oh, there's a beautiful duck. That's a beautiful duck. I have to uh, get a picture of it. Okay, so now we're at the end of 277, and um, this, <laughs> the, the name of this episode will be um, The Stream of Chaos That We Have Ordered, <clears throat> and I'll just read you on the year 277 and the number 277. It was known as the Consulship of Probus and Paulinus. And what happened? Emperor Probus travels with his army west across the Sea of Marmara and through the provinces of Thrace, Mosia, and Pannonia to defeat the Goths along the Lower Danube. 
fighting the Serbs. He acquires from his, the troops the title of Gothicus. Probus enters Rome to have his position as emperor ratified by Senate. And let's see what else is up with that number. Here, two seven seven, the number. It is a prime. Its duodecimal is one B one, which is funny. Mathematical properties. 277 is the 59th prime number and is a regular prime. The smallest prime P, such as the sum of the inverses of the prime up to P, is greater than 2. Since 59 is also itself prime, 277 is a super prime. 59 is a super prime and is the 17th prime. It's also 17, as is 17, the 7th prime. However, 7th seventh, seventh is the 4th prime number and 4 is not prime. Thus, 277 is a super, super, super prime, but not a super, 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 super prime. It's the largest prime factor of the Euclidean, Euclid number, 510511. As a member of the Lazy Carter sequence, 277 counts the maximum number of pieces obtained by slicing a pancake with 23 straight cuts. 277 is also a paren number, and it counts as such counts the number of maximal independent sets of an isosagon. There are 277 ways to tile a 3x8 rectangle with integer sided squares. Oh, I'm right on the river. She can't miss me. And 277 degree 7 monic polynomials with integer coefficients and all roots in the unit disk. On an infinite chessboard, there are 277 squares that a knight can reach from a given starting position in exactly six moves. 277 appears as the numerator in the fifth term of the Taylor series for the secant function, some complicated secant function. All right. Well, that's a pretty, that's a nice number. All right, guys, you take care. And that's it for today. We're going to do something else. This has been a three-hour, four-hour walk. So that's good enough for me today.